welcome to the Rise Podcast. Rise above your fears, rise above your challenges, rise above the unexpected. You have come here today to listen to leaders and everyday people from around the world talk on health, love, life, spirituality, business, and the planet. By listening to stories of others transcending their challenges, it expands your knowing to see and hear that you have the capacity to access the same resources and internal energy so you can rise into a state that will serve your abundance, flow, and harmony. I am your host, Amy Redans. Together, let's find a new way to get things done. Together, let's find a new way to be. Together, let's rise. Hi, and welcome to the Rise Podcast. I have had a little bit of a break, unintentionally, but I feel like also the universe has intentionally made me have a little bit of a hiatus and it has been interesting when I have come back to edit this podcast episode that I recorded a couple months ago with Mason Taylor, the founder of Superfeast, that we were actually talking about a lot of things to do with bringing projects and businesses to life. And over the last few weeks, I have been working on a number of new offerings within my business. And so this podcast really aligns with what I have been bringing to life. And so Mason dives deep in this episode around how mushrooms and tonics can support you when you are bringing your vision to life. And I love his passion and his insight in what he shares in regards to where he has sourced his tonic herbs from these sacred mountains, how they powerfully support us in bringing strong intentions in into creation, into the world. So I hope you benefit from this episode. If you are bringing your vision to life or you are looking at rising above your health challenges or you're wanting to bring more vitality to your health, then this will be an insightful episode for you. So enjoy, enjoy listening. Hello and welcome everyone to the Rise podcast. I'm super excited we have with us today Mason Taylor. He is the tonic guru. So welcome, Mason. Thank you so much for having me. Rising nice and early, Friday morning. Love it. (laughs) So, Mace, can you start off by telling us who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so Mason Taylor got two little kitties, got a five-week-old, so I am um, primarily in baby bubble land at the moment. Yeah, I live in South Golden up near um, Byron Bay. And 11 years ago, I started a company called Superfeast. So I'm a Taoist tonic herbalist. And tonic herbalism is the usage of what the Taoists would call the superior herbs, the special herbs that help in their language bridge between heaven and earth. And here and now, it's the herbs that you can integrate into your lifestyle long term just to help you make your way towards becoming a rad rad elder and not a non-integrated baby adult. You know, a baby in an adult's body is kind of like, you know, just like who make the life this is why I'm going to cut to the chase. It's like so many people like, you know, respect for elders, no matter what, but there are so many people who can't handle integrating multiple opinions or multiple realities that are happening around the world and therefore can't stay in a collaborative conversation to bring about the next evolution for what, you know, where our planet's going for and just end up projecting all those shadow parts of themselves onto their family, making life hard for people around them. They just get ensconced in their own story or ideology and it's just not on. Um, I'm just kind of like up for the best world and best life ever. When I discovered Taoist tonic herbalism, being a herbalism that focused purely on that, Shen, developing Shen, developing personality, your uniqueness, your own wisdom, your capacity to communicate that wisdom so that we, and, and to do it with a little skip in your step and a bit of song in your voice. That's what I do. That's like my, that's what my business does, drives you know, towards supporting people on that journey with these special mushrooms and herbs. Love it. That was a great summary. Sounds amazing. You you are can just feel it. You're in flow and you 
have a powerful vision that you're working towards. So can you tell us a little bit about these powerful tonics and herbs? Like what are some of your favorite tonics and herbs and what do they do? Yeah, I mean, to, to understand what the, the tonic herbs are, you, you go back and just over 2000 years to the first Materia Medica that was produced, the Divine Farmers Materia Medica. And it's the first time as humans, you know, the, like that, that ancient Chinese system was realizing we're moving away from the land and further into some moving into cities and civilization, you know, evolving in that way. And so just realizing to the extent we can't just take for granted that people are going to be able to just have that wisdom of which herbs, which mushrooms, which plant, which animal herbs are going to be useful in which situation. And so there's a classification that had been done in many ways and um, to an extent in the Vedas and in oral traditions. But, you know, there was the first time this was really encapsulated in a solid materia medica. And it's the three tiers of herbalism, the lower, the middle and the upper. And the uppers are also known as the superior herbs. And there's only a few dozen. And these are the herbs which, as I was alluding to, can be utilized in the diet um, and the lifestyle. These are the ones where the primary usage of these herbs that yes, they can be used in the middle and lower sometimes, which are, you know, and a situation where it's more clinical and symptom-based. We're trying to fix something that's wrong. We're trying to heal a rupture or something, you know, along those lines, rather than maintaining our, you know, you mentioned flow, maintaining our flow. So the superior herbs are those which have such a tonic capacity. So when you look at the population, it's a real easy herb to engage with because not much can go wrong so it's we're talking about people who are in a place say you know like yourself if something say something pops up a little symptom for you pops up now knowing you and knowing the way you live your life it's probably not going to be a symptom that's at this point so hardcore and gnarly that you're not going to treat it with lifestyle so at that point a tonic herb is going to be a great one to help address stress a little bit of exhaustion creeping in maybe a little bit of immuno suppression stuff like that and then we can also look at it in Taoist terms about the chi transformation cycle not happening um, in in resonance with nature with efficacy or with your true nature and so we want to just you know kick give a little kick you know it's where sleep tonic herbs sunshine that kind of fall into that category we all know this story of someone who's living that healthy lifestyle and all of a sudden something really blind signs them with symptomology and you're like you're this is now outside of your capacity you are not in a lifestyle treatment kind of <laughs> pattern right now we also know people that leave it too long they fall into the wellness ideology and they won't acknowledge the fact that something's fallen out of their purview and they need to go to a certain level of specialization to get it treated which is why I often talk about identifying for ourselves. I do it in my own personal work with moving into comedy and humor and trying to play tastefully play that role in prodding people out of their ideological leanings because comedy is the best way to do that. But you know, when you do get overly identified in a particular cult mindset, whether it's wellness, dietary, spiritual, political, in, in Taoism, you can see you're not standing, you know, especially your kidney water chi isn't in a place in flow. So you're not able to go actually and discover your own true emerging, malleable, evolving identity. You need to excessively lean outside to gain an identity and rote ways of talking. And it leads you and your primary essence, your jing, that which gives you the longevity, the resilience and stamina to go the long yards so that you can have strong foundations when you're an elder. Um, it means you're setting yourself up on eggshells and you're not actually growing your roots real deep. So in that sense, we, um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going right out there. If you're not able to step out of that, sometimes you need to go towards, you know, some specialization when there's that kind of level of identity symptomology, psychological symptomology, and also physical. So tonic herbs maybe can be used in the background there. There's a lot of, in China, there's what's called fujung therapy, which is using the medicinal mushrooms alongside traditional and non-traditional, more acute cancer treatments. So there are people who are looking at the studies around using medicinal mushrooms to acutely treat. So, but that's just not where I live and not where I sit and not where my company sits. There's other companies specializing in that. But look at the Taoist system and look at Fujong therapy. We want to ensure that if you're going through hardcore treatment, if you're going through a physical trauma or the trauma of dealing with something really hardcore happening to your body and your life, having something like a mushroom in the background to maintain somewhat of a lifestyle driven homeostasis. So you have the capacity to heal. Some practitioners would go with a little bit more tact and sometimes they want you off certain things. Other times on, you hope you don't have a practitioner. It's just like, I've never heard of these mushrooms and I don't want anyone touching you with anything other than my 
chemotherapy. That's not what I'm advocating for. That's blind identification. That's a dogmatic identification and ego of a system that would be so incredible if it would just relinquish and become humble within its dominance over society and ownership of people's body and health and integrate with other degrees and dimensions of healing. So but anyway, that's another story. The tonic herbs can sit in the background there. They can sit in the background preparing you for, to go through a hardcore treatment or surgery. They can be in the, definitely they're in the build back. If you've been sick for a long time, you get, over, you get through that. Of course, you need to come back to the nourishment of tonics. Mushrooms, astragalus, shaga, reishi, shazandra, they're all good. Mm -hmm. The good thing is here, it's like I'll give people a little bit more of a like great place to start here and here if you've got this entry point of what you're noticing in your body. But I love the Michael Tierra quote. Someone said, like, you know, there's so many herbs. Which ones do I have? Which one should I you know, take? And he's like, any of them. And it's like, it's like that with tonic herbalism. I've been in a lot of business languaging at the moment, you know, it just because I'm just trying to be responsible with the extent of the vision that I have for my business. And one of those, you know, the languagings of just, if you're looking at your core strategy or those, that critical driver that drives you. For me, it's one of the critical drivers, the same as when I was naively spitting them out 11 years ago, when I was just a little guy who just didn't really understand the way of the world. And I'm probably in 11 years, I'll be looking back at myself right now, thinking the same thing, bless, bless my cotton socks. And one of them is to have as many people as possible venturing along the tonic herbal path. So that doesn't, for me, it's not a blind, like get as many people onto adaptogens and mushrooms as possible because that languaging couldn't make it so that I have no integrity to the systems are growing. I use, we use a philosophy called DDAO, which is incredibly self-regulating. It's not like organic certification that's like, you can, we're going to give you an outside regulation. This is almost my own, you know, it's an invisible quality-based ancient form of sourcing, taking the herbs from their, their spiritual homeland, growing them in accordance with the elements, getting them exposure to the atmosphere, getting them exposure to the earthly elements as much as possible, so on and so forth, you know, making sure you're using So are you growing mind. some on your property? No, I don't. Like, no? Dao tonic herbs, um, Chinese tonic herbs, Taoist tonic herbs, in order to, so this is, then, then go, let's go to my second critical driver to um, prevent as much degenerative disease as humanly possible. So that's my second driver after getting as many people onto this path. So for that to be the case, that I, I get balanced out there by those two. I can't just use shitty herbs, mushrooms that ignore the traditions and buy from some big conglomerate who's like giving me organic reishi in mm -hmm. China. So I, that's, that's our DDAO sourcing principle, wild spores, wild seeds. To, to that, the reason we go there is one, because it's linked to a lineage and a philosophy. So there's something behind it, not just get people onto adaptogens. And then we can just go and like blindly get investors on board, go and just, you know, think that we're gonna be doing an amazing job just by taking, cutting out adaptogens from this huge system that has an intention to lead people towards integrating, being the bridge between heaven and earth and creating flow in the world and creating beauty in the world, just cutting out the tonic herbs and just turning it into a fully commodified business, that doesn't work. So the languaging is very solid there for me. And so the going back to what I'm doing, growing them myself, that's something, that's a, that's a legitimate way to do it is to start to move to um, growing them here. But when, I'm, when I have people that turn to my business who actually have family members with degenerative diseases and when they have very serious, very serious intentions, not just like, it'd be great to be a little bit healthier. It's like they have very serious intentions. They're taking on huge commitments in life. They're really taking their life seriously and they want to ensure that they are building a certain foundation and a certain chi rhythm in their life. They want their body to be able to contain the integration of mental processes, emotional processes and lock them in and become wisdom because they're taking on a lot in life. I have to, to move the herbs to grow these Chinese herbs to be grown in Australia. There is no way, no way ever that those results are going to be given by herbs grown here. And so for me, connecting to that land of the dragon, where the reverence for these herbs came from, where hundreds of thousands of people have given their entire lives to sitting on these mountains. They go and they are the sacred mountains, the tonic herbal mountains. Those are the Taoist mountains, I should say. The reason they're sacred is because they've got lots of spring water that's high quality and they've got tonic herbs growing on them and tea. That's, where, that's how they'd get picked because you'd be able to sustain yourself on that little bit of rice taking 
goji berry, reishi, ginseng, deer antler tea, as you were trying to figure out what the hell it was, you know, all these energies within your body. And that, you know, thousands and thousands of years of people pouring in that intention and, and creating a system that wasn't based on you need to believe this in order to be a part of our game, rather than you're only going on an, an extreme inner journey and into the languaging is, is it, it, there's, there's slipperiness that stops you from overly identifying. And if you follow the process, there's so much that you can't help but activate your own unique personality that is impervious to ideology or impervious to being shaken. That's, and it's, a, it's why I have a decades long, long, long um, way, uh, approach of looking at tonic herbalism. So with that, tonic herbs and adaptogens and medicinal mushrooms that I offer and sell, you know, they have such a profound influence on people's lives, but they're such a huge conversation starter for allowing these other techniques to integrate with how people are living in society right now so that I can continue to deliver on what the critical drivers are. So that's kind of like where that's like, again, more of the foundation of tonic herbalism. You've heard me talk about them before. It's probably been years since we were in the, in the same room, um, many years, but you know, at the same time, you know, like I'm, for me, I'm just building upon that same rock, you know, like of a foundation because one of my mm -hmm. other critical drivers is like minimum 100 year family business dynasty. So for me, I know that I'm not trying to set up this business to sell. So it's not a waste of time for me to go through these long, these long considerations of how to integrate these other aspects of philosophy and reality of the, the tonic herbs. You know, why do people look for these tonic herbs? It's not because they're vain and they want their skin to glow and they want their eyes to have this shine and this pop and they just want to have more energy so they can spend, you know, stay up every single night, you know, like getting on the rice wine and playing cards and gambling. That's not maybe to be able to do that while not taking yourself off course. There's very beautiful intentions, strong intentions, and the tonic herbs gravitate towards that intention. So if I cut away the tonic herbs and I just sell them and say that people, the tonic herbs and these adaptogens that are now revered and very marketable are going to give you this thing, it's kind of the other way around. You need to start with your own intent and drive. And then the, the allies that are the tonic herbs will gravitate towards you. And so in terms of my favorite, I've been really thinking a lot about the the nature of that gravitation of particular herbs, classic, you know, particular groups of herbs, maybe the Jing herbs, the Qi herbs, Shen herbs, um, or maybe it's an individual herb. When people start looking, and there is very practical left brain things I'm going to approach as well, but in terms of what the favorite herb is, really nice to start getting sensitive to when you drop into your true intention of what it is for health, your health right now that goes outside of, you know, just maybe like a mind virus of what you think you should be saying is important. You're like, why is it strength? You know, why is that muscular building really there for me right now? Why is that glow of the skin or why is it, you know, for me, I'm kind of, I always, my big vein thing is like, just, I just show like I'm under my eyes that you know, when I'm like, when I'm on, like with a new baby and lots going on in the business, I'm like, why don't I want to continue to go in that direction where I kind of don't enjoy looking at it? It's like, so you get down and you can get to a very, you know, maybe can't put words to it, but you can get to a very clear feeling of why that is. And it normally connects to more of a having capacity to be exuberant at like a 70, 80, 90 year old place. That's what helps me kind of stay out of that immediate, like ex just excessively looking at them, why I immediately want to build a little bit more muscle through my pictorials, for example. It's like, well, that's very valid because like, I need to ensure that I'm working on that. But I'm like, why? And then once I connect to that deeper why and it goes into the future, bang, the herbs that gravitate towards me are like, yeah, we're on for that adventure. Now you've got a friend. So my favorite herbs at the moment in that context are the eucomia bark, the deer antler velvet. And I've just kind of come off a stint doing a lot of my beauty blend, which is that just that invigorating the radiance in with the shizandra and longan and goji berry and pearl. And so I'm kind of like it, it, the favorite, it's like, if you've got a really good group of friends from school, you know, you can remember those days when it's like, who's your favorite? And it's like, you can remember those different periods of life when you'd have different little relationships. And that's how that, you know, if someone goes flat out, what's your favorite? I'll also be able to say Chaga. I can say that. Like I, it's my favorite, but 
a more, then to go deeper and a more nuanced. It's just like, I'm kind of that moving around at the moment and I can feel that it's going to start moving into like Chargaville for me when we get into winter now, because that's when, that's when it sings to me. That's my long-winded answer. To that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I resonate with that. And, you know, being on the journey with you and you having educated me on the tonics and herbs over the years as well, it's been the same, like, having babies and then coming out of um, the other side and you're feeling exhaustion. You've put, put me on similar herbs and it's just what your body needs at that time, depending on what you're going through. Right. So it completely resonate. And I love, I love what you've shared around the energy and the intention of where the herbs come from. It sounds so powerful and so like, like juicy. And so the intention sounds so powerful. So yeah, I love it. Love it. Well, you- I mean, it, it, it's also quite practical, that one, that, that which is I enjoy people, like if I enjoy having a business that if people didn't feel um, something and it's not just like a stimulation, like, wow, you know, maybe it happens in two days, maybe it happens straight away taking a herb, maybe they stick to it for eight weeks. But at some point they go, whoa, like there's like something really shifting in me. And from a Taoist perspective, like, yeah, you are gaining um, a greater capacity to go through the, you know, that yin yang cycle through your major organs it's just transitioning it's just yang's changing to yin so inner functions it's palpable and you know, it's you so you can feel it's you doing it not just the herb doing it and people are like eh, i'm sold and that's like that's the kind of that's the only business i can operate in with you know like in general but in tonic herbalism especially is that yes it's nice that I source that way but the sourcing of that way and the intention energetics it's what leads to a result happening because that's how I you know that's how we exist which yeah it's really nice business to work in and so what's your like long-term plan because obviously you know even as I'm exploring different shops throughout Australia I see I'm like oh Mason's products amazing you're expanding your business so what is the sustainability model like what does that look like in terms of you know you obviously growing your business and how is the land over there able to keep supplying your demand Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I've covered it like a lot lately, which is really nice. Um, so it's like from the beginning, we just like if we're if we're sourcing wild, we um, this is the other thing working within a tradition. You know, it's been it's thousands of years old. The idea of getting herbs from these particular microclimates that we get them from because it's based on that same materia medica that says that's where you get the herbs that have the most treasure in them. But then for for decades, as these herbs have become more and more available, the, the industry, based on the quality of the herbs and having that be an intergenerational um, industry, is embedded. It's hard to find. It's really rare to find people, but that's how I operate and in that circle. So for me, I'm in a self-regulating industry. If you deviate from that and if you know like these these are independent farmers that i'm not working with a conglomerate business that doesn't have connection to the land this is their village and their land in the crags of the mountains so there's no shitting all over the land and the water going on there because they're literally a part of that lifestyle and if you start to go into that unsustainable model then you're the first thing without regulation the quality of the herb is going to go down because the quality of the soil is going to go down and when you are working in the realm of you have you have a sensitivity to what's effective and then there's also tests to make sure that it's effective as well quality is a simple and easy one it's like if you're in a fine dining restaurant they're going to know if you start using shitty fertilizer or if you start using a cultivated you know mushroom versus okay. wild grown mushroom you, you know it and so people are like oh how it's like oh I, I, I also have lots of like, I'm happy to stay chill and have lots of conversations and go into the nuance because it's important for people. But, you know, no, but how do you know? How do you do this? And how do you do this? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Great, great questions. You want to know, you know, if you like, can it just be based on quality? For me at the moment, with so much going on in my life and the fact that we are the only grassroots DDAO company with TGA listed products, that means we have to go through the scrutiny of heavy metals and a plethora of other tests, genetic testing, all that kind of stuff. We have such a clean product coming from that angle. The other side of it is other people wanting to know, maybe it's not enough seeing the videos of me at farms and that kind of stuff. I'm at the point where I'm just like, yeah, and that's the stop point. There's so many other people, I know you're not saying this, but there's so many people in the market 
who will meet you with a product that's for, for me is a lower, much lower quality going organic mushroom grown in China. Although that's the next best thing, as far as I'm concerned, if you want the actual quality. Great. I'm, you've got things you're working through and it's too much of a leap for you to feel and understand what I'm saying and to see the data in front of you of what it means to have a TGA listed company. And you know, you, people don't see, I don't have to show people why we stop doing Shazandra wild way before it was regulated because we saw the environment couldn't handle the increase in wild harvesting. So we moved to orchard based. Um, in a DDAO setting. It's absolutely magic. I should send you the video of me at the Shazandra Orchard. It's yeah, absolutely definitely. incredible. Or that we've moved uh, Poria from a central where the ultimate province is to grow Poria. The local government had such poor regulation that everyone was cutting down an excess of pine. Not the farmers we worked with, but it was no longer an in-residence environment to work within and it was making it hard to or actually look, see the longevity because the pine was going so fast. So that got moved to second best province with that microclimate that was spoken about in the old Materia Medicas, where the government would regulate with absolute insanity the amount of wild pine that could be harvested to grow. And there's a quota for every farmer. And that's who we work with there, you know, to the mm -hmm. extent where you'd need to go and show and prove your show your tags on the trees you'd harvested. So that's the stuff that's going on in the background. So to an extent, there's people that know, you know, like yourself have known me for, you know, it's like some people have been know, known me for 11 years and talking about this stuff. And they're like, wow, Mason's like consistently been incredibly vulnerable and shown what he could. Also knowing that I'm a family owned business, trying to figure out how to run a company, trying to learn how to scale it. Um, and working with a product that isn't highly scalable as well, as you said. So how does that work? Well, I mean, I, at the moment, uh, the way it works is we work with our farmers because they generally have a cap. They start to train other people in their village or other or nearby villages. And we work with them to do that, to grow the DDAO tradition where the land is actually tended to, where it's spring water being tended to, no external pesticides, no external fertilizers, all that. You know, it's such a beautiful tradition and it centralizes industry and stops people from going out from those rural areas to the city trying to find work, but brings that money back in. And because it's not a business that owns them and has the contract that you send that herb to this central business and then other businesses like mine will buy off you, that's where you see a shitting on the farmer because they become a commodity. Our partners are working directly with those farmers and there's a respect for those farmers. And, and then like, it goes on, I can go on and on and on um, from there, but there's things in place and I self-regulate. I put myself in, in, self in position where I will slow the growth to ensure that they're not being blindsided by something unsustainable from happening. And because I have a hundred year vision and because I've run through all the circumstances in my head of what's going to happen when someone comes and offers me this much money, this much money, and I get really unrealistic, I know how I'm going to respond. I think it's weak when people say, well, everyone's got their price. I think you fucking watch me not have a price. <laughs> like, do you want to like to talk about that? Don't project your insecurity and your lack of work on yourself and your creation and putting money over completing something that you started. That's mm -hmm. where I personally want to start other businesses that I do want to flip and sell. So I'm not against that. But if it's something that you have your soul tied into and it's going to help you develop and get into the dojo and learn skills then, and leave a little bit of a dynasty, and, you know, especially if you've you know, maybe you ignorantly poured your hopes for the world and your life into this business, but you, you've done it now. You poured it. You used it. You used that token. You put it into that business and to that message. So you better follow it through because otherwise you probably be really judgmental on this one. You're probably going to get into your elder years and you're not going to be like, oh gosh, I feel so good about selling that business. And you can tell yourself all the fibs, you know, I was able to take that money and do lots of good things in the world. Yeah. But you've valued random good things, maybe working through random fucking world health organization, like good world quota things, which is a complete bypass and fucking bullshit uh, rather than your purpose 
And what you see is a beautiful thing to see and bring into the world and see it through so that it can run on its own accord. And then just it's an asset sitting there for you at some point, if you're good enough to put your own ego aside and actually learn a new skill, like rather than doing what I always do and say to myself in quiet now, thankfully, I'm not a business and I can't do this. What am I doing here? I I need to be free. I've got Peter Pan syndrome. Yep. Cool. And you've also started this process. And so you better finish it through. You're going to be very satisfied with yourself. So all that's there for me in the background. So in terms of sustainability, I've got such a long view about how I'm working with Superfeast. So that question, you like that sense, I'm having such like unique conversations about where, what sustainable and evolution of the current economy is, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the various degrees of what is going to be sustainable for the next 50 years to go towards and where we need some examples set to start tilting it in another direction and kind of setting myself in that direction, talking to very advanced people outside of this, like, we're going to go carbon neutral. It's, you, you can tell yourself all you want that you can bypass everything that you're doing. Not that I'm saying I don't bypass stuff. I'm like, I at least look it in the face and go, it would be lovely to see that not occur. I wonder where that's going to take me. Luckily for me, I've got critical drivers that are around preventing degeneration and facilitating creating of elders. And that leads to also for me, people having such incredible immunity and strength to get through the adversities of life, which I see quite good for the economy and quite good for the world because they don't become pharmaceutically and institutionally dependent. So I don't have to justify myself by fucking offsetting my, by planting some trees that, you know, they're all nice native ones over there. Yay. Tick tree and tick, tick. It's so void of reality such a like beautiful initiative do it but if you think going and doing that carbon neutral or negative thing gives you some fucking virtue to think that you're like people are sustainable it's so it's so shit it's so vain it's mm-hmm. like please people can you treat your business more seriously can you take a little bit more personal responsibility yes grow up you don't get to be free and run around and do whatever you want anymore suck it up and just get in there. You started something, finish it. Otherwise, you will have failed when you're older. And that's fair. I've failed many times. But do you want to fail on this one? Especially if you've got such a beautiful purpose that's there, been driven into your company. Oh, man. Like, I love I'm, it. I'm, Great I'm, message. I'm thinking about that a lot. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> message. Yeah. You've even got me thinking about that. Yeah. I haven't, haven't heard it put in that way. So I love it. I'm interrupting this episode to share with you an exciting new tool for those who are wanting to move from a state of fear, anxiety, or overwhelm and into a state of flow. The tool is the divinely guided online program called my Fear to Flow 30-Day Challenge. If you feel you're in a place of stagnancy, low self-worth, or you have feelings of fear around what is the next step for you to take in life or business, or have a general fear around making the right decision, then this 30-day challenge is perfect for you. I have created it so most of the daily challenges don't require much time and effort so that your resistance to change and shifting your beliefs is quite low. It is a juicy filled challenge that is currently only priced at $1 a day. You can join by following the link in my show notes or visiting my website, amyredunds.com. And now back to the episode. So, so share with me, how did this journey start? Where did your health journey start and what did it look like in the beginning? Where mm. you always healthy or did you have challenges in the beginning that kind of took you down this path? Um, obviously, I've, I've been really trying to like drill this down to where, like where it really like all began. I'm trying to really get the pattern because I've had like several times when I'm, I've shared this and you might've even heard me say a few of the, the stories and I was in Bolivia on a, you know, and, um, and it's still, that's still true. It was like probably like pinnacle moments was on a, a bus in Bolivia and I was a high Savannah and I just became really aware of my, like my, the extent of my lethargy and exhaustion and the extent of just my little immune things that were going on and popping up. And it just kind of, that was a little fork in the road moment that there was a lot of things I, I'm realizing throughout my childhood that gave me that same feeling of fork in the road and being very aware of forks in the road. And I'm going to bloody get emotional because I'm just in, in therapy at the moment. I'm like, I'm just like, 
after years of plant medicine, everything and integration of that, I've actually just got to the point of a pivotal fork in the road moment as far back as I could get in my childhood and the extent of realizing what happens when you go in one direction and not having control over getting pulled in that direction. Mm -hmm. Perhaps there's something I'm feeling very emotional about it right now. So perhaps there's a little connection there, but in that there were, there were lots of those moments and the extent of understanding if you can make a choice now, it's not out of your control. It was really like that. It was a real come to, you know, the, the God within moment for myself on that bus in Bolivia. And it was like, if you go down this trajectory, you're going to be that same crossing fingers, you know, when you rate heard it, hearing the statistics on cancer and diabetes and one and two and one and three men, you're going to be in that same crossing fingers that your family don't go down that route rather than actually engaging. And so I in, internally just decided that, to was that an intuitive that message an intuitive message just kind of came through to you at that moment yeah. yeah um it was like it was just such an obvious internal knowing and it was just that intuition was able to clear all the chatter just long enough that 30 seconds where it was just that that much clarity that I literally the life changed them but then from that moment I was you know meet bumping into people around South America who you know I was bumping into yogis and bumping into people who were breathwork facilitators and stumbling into health stores while young and having a debaucherously beautiful time as well but all of a sudden it was that you know the path had been laid and, and synchronistically it was all started um, unfolding and so yeah got back to Australia dove into the deep end around my own health potentiation. And so in my last year of uni, that's when I was like going, getting all my spring water from the Blue Mountains and doing some pretty fun cleansing stuff and becoming a raw foodist, and which I'm not condoning, but I had a lot of fun doing it. And then found tonic herbalism because I had always loved herbs. And my dad was a green thumb and I really didn't get to spend enough time with him in a particular way that I got to develop it, you know, to the extent, you know, he was into he, like, gruff country guy, guard dog business, you know, um, he passed away last year. He was a nice, beautiful, hard man, but you know, his mother taught him flower arrangements and he was really caring and talking to his plants a lot, but I always just kind of yearned for it, but we just couldn't quite land that connection. So yeah, in uni, I'd be looking at Western herbalism and I was like, yeah, it's just like, beep, beep, beep. this herb does this and mm -hmm. this for this symptom and this is its category. And I was like, yes, this is not inspiring me. And I wasn't trying to fix my symptoms. I was trying to like get inspired. And so with tonic herbalism was like, the languaging was just all about potentiation and understanding the rhythms of the body and seeing that there is a essentially, you know, it's a slippery one. It's not black and white, but there is a beautiful, colorful roadmap towards having a sense of security within yourself, knowing that you are, cultivating the capacity to protect yourself, understanding where the evils enter the body, where the cold and the hot and you know the wind enter the body and ensuring that, yes, you're preventing yourself from getting sick, but why? Ah, so that you can cultivate these aspects of yourself, uniqueness. You don't have to rely on external masks. And I've been doing quite a lot of personal development leading up to that point as well. So it just was like, ah, a nice sustainable personal development that integrates with life rather than just all catharsis and just like constantly going through the next insane transformation progression. <laughs> it was just like over decades and it came from let's find a way to get in rhythm. And so when I would talk about health at that point, it was I'd talk about finding that song and dance and that symphony within that was in time and in harmony. So Taoism just like, it's all it. If you if your yin yang whooshing trans, transformation cycle, so the yin yang yin yang, and then honing in on that yin yang to the five elemental organs or the five transitions or seasons, so you know like liver you know liver wood and the transformation of yin and yang through the liver wood. That's all liver wood is. It's just yin yang with a particular yin yang chi with a particular proclivity shape movement that's like oh it's like wood and it's like has that little proclivity through the particular system that's like oh that's like a liver wood system and then that transition it seems to take on a, a real beautiful transition into a into a new yin yang expression and dance over into that oh, heart fire yes i can even there's particular personality traits that emerge it's unique to each of us, but personality trait, nonetheless, you can see it's quite a little bit uniform across everyone. When you see what we can experience as the heart fire being in flow and in rhythm and transitioning with ease to from that yang, that epic upward rising, complete celebration of life and, you know, that exuberant passion being expressed. And then the yin of that heart 
part fire, then that serenity and that ability to cruise on the foundations of just like perhaps you know, of life itself with maybe the potential for spontaneous joy rather than the excessive yang chi there wanting to constantly be in a state of joy. And then so that's a yin yang transition and harmony rather than trying to be like, there's balance. You know, hey, you should enjoy life more. That's your mantra now, you know, having more happiness. It's like, well, there's a huge dynamic and rhythm around the concept of joy and happiness. And I was much, ironically, happier being in a philosophy and reading those books on Taoism and through finding a tonic herbalism, Taoist tonic herbalism, and then seeing this is this languaging behind it. It got me where I was like, ah, oh, wow, I'm really, like, I really like, it's, it's deep. There's a lot to uncover but it's um also really simple and just start here and if you can get in that rhythm and i was like oh i like that i like the rhythm because i was like i'd like to not have to learn all this stuff and learn how to get myself in rhythm but it's the reality of the world and at this point at 23 i knew that and i knew if i didn't start engaging what was going to happen was what had already been happened that i was just constantly trying to fix fix myself find the answer Oh, this personal development thing. Great. Now I feel good. Oh, shit. I've crashed, you know, and then it's, it's, it's a consistent, like, especially, you know, this is a human trait, but especially Western mind. Um, and it hurts. And so, you know, like to constantly be let down like that and constantly be like, I thought I'd found it. And you know, I failed again. But, you know, for tonic herbalism to be just like, yeah, it's like any wisdom philosophy. This connects you to nature. Everyone yeah. listening, this isn't going to be, it's not going to be foreign to them, but this is my experience. So I got really excited about it. And then I started megadosing Shaga and Hushawu and, and Reishi and just having these such utter transformations in my, in my body. It was just that like perfect what? combination. Well, I, um, so first of all, so like I'm having intentions around having enough resilience and energy to carry me through life because I wanted to do really great things in life and actually feeling that Jing. So when, when you get that flow of the elements, what occurs is you can start to get in contact with your treasures, your Jing Chi Shen. So there your, your Jing, your essence, your foundations, your energy, bone strength, all that kind of stuff. Chi, your animation, vitality and Shen, personality, mind, becoming a wise old person even when you're young. So in that sense of Jing and kidneys, I felt taking Jing formulas, Yukomiya Bark, Hushawu, Goji, I could just, I, the experience of that, feeling that Jing essence for the first time within my kidneys, feeling my roots go deep down and getting a connection to the fact that I have a relationship with how to cultivate my foundational energy so I don't get exhausted. That was that same moment I, I talk about that right now that was a pivotal moment where I was like oh that's right that's in my control I'm not in cross the, I'm, I'm not across the fingers kind of person and so then lead, that, that transformed my entire life because then it's like yes lifestyle factors are important but the level of connection at that point that went beyond theoretical about how much if that there is a particular boundary in turn and a particular dynamic formula but nonetheless like a formula that if I can find this harm, harmonious flow of like prioritizing these things in my lifestyle, then I will not ensure that I maybe live near it, but don't go near my edge of using too much energy that it's unsustainable, mm -hmm. which this is what happens with DDAO sourcing in, in, and in business. Because if I'm trying to live this way in myself, I'm not saying I'm getting perfect, I'm on the edge. Like I'm on the edge, that's where I like to live. And it forces me to learn how to create a sustainable model of myself that help and makes me face the shadowy parts of myself. So I'm definitely not saying I'm idealistic, but if you live that way in life and you're trying to find that edge and you're realizing that you have a boundary and you have to prioritize these aspects, these things within your lifestyle in order to not go near that edge of exhaustion. And it's so not just so you are healthy, but so you can continue on your unique progression and path towards your best life ever and it's the same within business you can you, you know you live that way in life you're going to get regulated and it means there's going to be a culture that emerges in yourself and in your business that's one of going through the cycles of your organ system and as you go through that that's going to mean particular health benefits emerge during each of those um each of those organs but at the same time 
there is a various processing of different emotions and different processes as you go through those various organ systems. And in terms of personal development or accountability or like letting go of that, which is no longer useful, it gets very visceral. And if you haven't been doing it to an extent, or if you think you've been doing it in personal development and yoga and actually you know, like yoga and, you know, just bypassing it, um, then when you get on this path, you're not doing Taoism, you're utilizing some tools and things, you're in your life and you're engaged. So there's going to be no avoiding. This is what the herbs do sometimes is you're on the path. And then if you haven't really been doing the work, you're going to have to really go nice and gentle in the beginning because trying to get back into harmony is hard sometimes. And it takes a little bit of energy to get back into that where you are at least a little bit of a space where the pressure is not so built up that you can see, oh, yes, there is a rhythm and there is a dance and there is a seasonal dance and there is that dance within myself. Um, but you don't expect to get there straight away with herbalism, you know, with tonic herbalism. And, and although it will send you in that direction, um, you might have to just acknowledge that for the first year or two years, it might literally be about returning to the spleen, soil, ground returning to the earth at least if you stay very grounded and in the spleen is this is why so many people in the you know post-trauma circles are so intensely about grounding and so intensely about boundaries because the spleen is in its wisdom as, a, as, as the spleen energy and chi emerges and transforms effectively the bonds and boundaries is what emerges because you choose literally where you take that soil and you pack it up in certain parts of your life so that there's actually a wall. You can see people in, say, our circles, out. it's like spiritual entrepreneurial circle. How often do you feel, you probably experience, as I have done, um, an extreme oversharing in a, in, in a scenario, and then you walk away and you're like, gosh, that doesn't feel as good as it used to. You know, that's not maybe, that's not the actual vulnerability, perhaps. And so a boundary of appropriateness gets put up. So learning how to actually, I'm going to have to pick up a shovel or a bit of machinery inside of myself and move that soil into appropriate places for a while. See what that wall feels like there for a little bit. Okay, cool. Maybe that's a little bit too high. Okay, maybe that was a bit of an exaggeration. Maybe I do want to be able to see some people on the other side. Okay, that feels good. Then you've got appropriate boundaries and you kind of learn, maybe I need some steps there. So sometimes I'll share a little bit, but I know how to not overshare. So on and so, so forth. It so actually is, leads to creating bonds. What is that tonic that supports the spleen and supports the emotions? Oh, well, I mean that. Okay, so in order to get there, you need to address the major symptom symptomology you know and so for you i'm just it's the energy around that spleen just accept you're not going to be necessarily going through kidney winters and spring it might be oh it's dynamic it's time to go spring maybe not maybe you're going to stay on like a warming diet and not go into juices because you just need to ground but that's why the mushrooms are the most pertinent because mushrooms are spleen food as well as everything food but the mushrooms are the ones where there's a bit of a um, i guess there's a renaissance but like there's a romance and a nostalgia for people when they take them because they're like oh wow what is that feeling it's like yes your immune system's turning on but it's also a they're the ones that recycle the shit that you've been through, going through and try and turn it into new great experiences as well as jing because if it's like the kidney jing is like the pilot light that turns on the digestive spleen fire so that you can cook effectively in the cauldron of the stomach and so if you are tapped out and so we put in a western sense if your adrenals are tapped out and you're living unsustainably then you've got to start with the jing herbs and that's going to get you to a point especially that jing mushrooms combination is going to start getting you into that grounded place and then from there it's not just about taking spleen tonics it's about orienting around that because the spleen is between each of the seasons and each of the transitions between the organs, you step onto the earth soil just for a little bit before you step into another element. So if you stay in that earthly element for a while, you're getting a little bit more of a sense of the organs because you can't just go from completely disconnected with nature and yourself to being fully in that cycle. And you don't need to remember all the organs and all this. This happens regardless whether you know about tonic herbalism or Taoism or not. It is just that it's that system. You can see raw vegan, full extreme entrepreneurial you know, sharing excessively, oh shit, maybe I need to like get a little bit more grounded and pay attention to my taxes and with the realities of business and not overshare so much. And maybe I won't do live off smoothies anymore and do a little bit of broth and rah, rah and so on and so forth. You know, you've seen that pattern happen. Um, and then from there, from that jing and that mushroom, that's, that just remains a staple. 
for many people like the mason's mushrooms or a capsule the mushroom mate but then from there you listen to what your body's crying your body will tell you what needs to be addressed based on what your intentions are you know whether it's you can feel it's your skin your eyes aren't shining quite enough. Maybe it's, you know, whether it's, you know, maybe your skin's hot and rashy. Or, so you might have to go to a classical acupuncturist and just get them to give you some insights. But if they're within your purview, it's just about following your instincts around the tonic herbal path and seeing what you're interested in, sticking to it, staying consistent, having your herbs every day, at least for that first three months before then it clicks in and becomes like a, a lifestyle practice. You've got your ritual established you're going to keep on going back towards it but you need to establish that first habit you will and people will get results yeah i've seen it so can you tell me in regards to people getting results has there been like a client or someone that you've worked with that was originally faced with a lot of struggles that you maybe supported and came out the other side with incredible results is there a particular story that comes to mind yeah, I mean, there's countless. I mean, every year we have our we have our whole team meeting, and it's one of the things we do is people we've just kind of kicked it back up again. But people pick their favorite, um, or we call it. We have a little channel in Slack because our awesome free feedback. Look, like honestly, it's so. I'm gonna go in because it's like there's so many. I have a few. I have um like my my first ever one was a woman. Trish at the markets and she was just like her and her four kids. She had two autistic kids and as well, they, they were the two youngest and then two older kids. And she just would, every year, she just get smashed by this flu. And so she came and found me because we were the kind of, back in the day at the markets, we, I was the store where I was like, you know, go and see Mason if you actually want something, if you, if you really need, do need something. You don't just need to want to like throw randomly at a dartboard. And she was like, it would just make all the difference if we didn't just get us sick because it takes us out for like two or three weeks. And there's like the aftermath of recovering because they were so depleted. And so she was getting onto it in um, like right at the start of autumn. Like it was probably like late summer and she was getting onto it because it was just been so, you know, that's when people are starting to be a little less reactive and they've been through the disappointment so many times have been reactive that they're like, holy shit, I need to change something. That's when people find us a lot. That's how, you know, which is really, really cool. But yeah, she was just, I mean, so we worked with her a, little, a couple of, I just gave her a couple of basic lifestyle little tips and we got her, her on the jing and then just, she was just like, all right, give me the mushroom blend. I tried to tell her to go and harvest turkey tails herself because I was really uncomfortable with taking anyone's money at that time. And I was like, oh, Trish, you know, you can go and like harvest it yourself. And she's like, she told me to F off and just like, just give me the extra, the extract powder, you silly hippie and I was like okay and like, <laughs> she's like I'm four kids mate um and I was like oh yeah okay I guess that's a lot oh, I guess that's a lot of energy yeah that's um <laughs> and um I was like yeah 24 <laughs> that's uh, yeah, I felt I was, I was doing pretty well all things considered with my empathy and she came back like we and she went consistently that I didn't see her for winter and I kind of forgot ish every now and then it's not like I was worried about her or anything and then she came back after winter and she was like, dude, I was like, how'd you go? She was like, dude, so well, you know, we all got sick. It only lasted like lightly, but like for a week. And I just, and she just, the, what she, the, the level of, um, you know, she wasn't like, oh my God, you know, or anything like that. She was just such a solid person. And so the level of sincerity there in seeing just how much of an impact that had on her life, I was like, hmm. I was like, that's the moment when I was like, cause she was on the path at that point. There's various degrees of the mushroom tonic herbal path. But that was her on the path because she was utilizing those herbs and engaging with them very effectively and strategically. That's what I call getting on the path of tonic herbalism, because regardless of whether the super feast tonic herbs stay, I'm in that instance, there was a little bit of that. We helped ignite that degree of awareness and intention that she had. That was like an, the, the, the taking of the mushroom extract was literally an impetus, which, as she said, and was the critical Thing that tipped it over and sometimes people are already in that position and we just help get in there and facilitate the deepening of that path that they're on and to having that that um, approach to tonic herbalism so that that really floored me that changed the whole trajectory and that made me really go i'm going to get as many people as humanly possible with integrity and with high quality onto this path of tonic herbalism and just onto these mushrooms because they are so transformational that was the one and I just randomly pulled up one. So this is one about Chi Blend, which I've, okay, Chi Blend. Five stars, stagnant to revive. Chi, 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 exactly that from next to no Chi to triple Chi. Honestly, this product 
has helped me get my groove on. Each day that passes, my energy lifts. My gut digestion improves, feeling less depressed and more alive, less fatigued and more energetic. Very highly recommend. That was from a woman called wow, Sharon. Wow, one more like, like, review. <laughs> so it's, every, it's every day. Like this, this is our life. We are so, and we enjoy, we, we do welcome people questioning, giving feedback, criticism. You know, um, I'm on the edge. Doesn't mean I pander to criticism, but doesn't mean I don't integrate it that's the whole we we want to be an open book and so what type of criticism would you get i like the criticism of why do you get your herbs from china that's my Uh favorite um, because i like that conversation we've kind of had that a little bit and i also like acknowledging that there are people who are just in with where they where their intentions are just couldn't possibly get a product from China and I'm like that's sweet that's why other businesses exist with them say like Australian grown or US grown although do not have US grown mushrooms there generally grown on grain so they don't have regulations in America the way that we have regulations so maybe you go to someone like if you go to someone like Paul Stamets brand post defense you're going to get a pretty good grain grown mushroom product I'm not saying that you know he's going to have GMO shit grain or anything like that but at the same time so you'd ask what's it grown on if it's grown on grain generally i'd recommend for long-term usage you want to stay away from it for some people it might be where you need to start because it's cheaper product because mm-hmm. you've got the body you get to get rid of the grain and then you get all the body of the mushroom that is normally inside the wood right. so it's cheap there's grain in it it's a biomass it's got its benefits as well but it's not the same benefits as there have been for thousands of years of people harvesting energy completely different energy like even you explaining it like you can you know the story of you saying the sacred mountain like the energy that is held within those mushrooms would be completely different and we but the the mushroom industry it's a community um and i was just listening to a medicine song that i hadn't listened to in years this morning while I was doing breath work on the like on the beach because guys just want you guys know I'm really spiritual do breath work on the beach listen to <laughs> um which like I kind of haven't been there for a while doing this stuff but like it was just like in the song it was just like I was talking about community it's like it is a community is a community within a community and if you look at all the various communities I have a community in ter- inside Superfeast and we have a community that is our customer base and then we're in the community of the wider market and then there's a community of colleague businesses selling medicinal mushrooms on so forth and it really needs to be and it is a family if not at the moment maybe somewhat of a um, dysfunctional family as they all are but say a grain grown I do not like grain grown mushrooms I like them if people are really transparent about it just tell people, come on, be proud of your shit. You know, tell people what you're growing on. Show pictures of it. Be proud of it. Yeah, it makes it cheaper, guys. And it makes it that we, we can grow more faster. And we grow it inside labs because it means that we don't have to have, you know, environmental pressures, which means we don't have to charge prices that are like a little bit higher, like super feast. That's where we fit in. And we've got a model where we want to be the people going into Woolworths and Coles and showing people reishi is on the shelf there. And it's at a price point where maybe, you know, these people don't actually have, you know, that amount of money to go for like a fucking D-Dow herb in Miron glass jars and have to, you know, I think Superfeast, if you talk, depends on who you talk to. Some people are like, I can't believe it's as cheap for, you know, what they're giving me. It's all fruiting body. There's no starch. There's no additives. There's nothing. It's all pure medicine. You know, we're paying for expert herbalists to alter the extraction process with every batch to ensure that we get the absolute most bioavailable full spectrum extract that there is so that we don't miss anything. We don't standardize. So that takes expertise, which is where I sit in the market. So we need each other. That person who's like, we're in an ecosystem together. But at the same time, I do not like deceptive marketing. Just own your shit. And that's the problem when people get um, heaps of investment too soon without their brand being rooted in integrity and having those, you know, you don't know how to orient at the beginning. So it's really easy for, you know, you know, I think this is okay to say, but you know, it's deceptive. Um, And if you're, a, a solo business you have the space to then regulate and change and go hey I just want to change the way I'm communicating around this and be a little bit more transparent and I I have many discussions with other competitors and colleagues who own companies I have them on my podcast I go onto their podcasts. I think that open source communication 
is absolutely necessary. And I also love competition. I really like being competitive with them as well. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say that when I, when I hit something in a really beautiful way, and I all of a sudden see an explosion of us in, in a particular market and I see a natural progression of people moving over to my brand. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I love it because I don't, I don't do dirty tactics. I don't talk down about other companies. If people ask me about other companies, I'll actually, if I know the owner, I'll actually sing their praises. And I've actually encouraged other people to keep a particular brand in, say, their store alongside Superfeast when I know they work together and it's more beneficial for everyone to have multiple brands within a store. But the level of, um, if you are working with these medicinal mushrooms, if you know people who have a company um, who maybe is starting out, you know, inform them that this needs to be a shining light benchmark of an industry because these herbs are rooted in such incredible magic and transformation and co-evolution of the human consciousness that if you stay too long in a reductionist western purely excessive industrial mindset around them where you can only see them as a commodity and you can i love kpis but if you only have number-based kpis attached to these and you don't have a particular driver soul of the business that directly connects the mycelium between a kpi and purpose so it's palpable and can be perceived by the people in your business then you're probably not going to be really satisfied with your time having a mushroom or adaptogen company in the end, I would say. Agree. And I feel like that's a good message for anyone in business being attached to the true vision of what the product or the service is. Yeah. So it's not, I definitely, I definitely have a lot of empathy. I definitely not, don't think it's easy. I like getting Raji Baji just because that's generally what I needed when I was having my real, you know, like dark nights of the soul. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And this is too hard. So I like to at least put that out there into the environment yeah. to help encourage people. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I think that's the journey of every business. <laughs> a lot of dark nights of the soul yeah. moments. Yeah. It's just so, like, just hang, hang in there. Trust the integrity. Don't, don't like don't you know don't relinquish what you know is maybe the hard path but you know like you know it's it's not about like not going and getting training it's not about you know sticking to I'm going to do it the same way I did it when I was starting out it's not about you know moving beyond what you think is your culture when oh my culture was actually just bludging that's not a part of the culture I want I'm not saying don't evolve and change the change is inevitable but change in resonance with nature in resonance with your organ system in resonance with where your consciousness is at not just relinquishing to what the cultural norm is of business right now so that's just that's just it just keep keep on getting a diversity of opinion um yeah Mm -hmm. love it thank you as a takeaway for our audience could you share your top three tips for rising above people's health challenges so rising is um is a yang quality and especially you see rising in general it's going to change um especially when you're in, you know in a daylight savings silly state like mine you're in the same state that keeps the time the same <laughs> all, the, all the time but the rising happens in general around that five to seven a.m place when the you know that time in the day when the sun starts to rise and the kookaburras start to laugh in where we live in the world anyway and so that's where if you want to rise you need to you can get a direct relationship with how your body is relating to the erratic rising of yang through looking at your relationship with that time of the morning and it's going to be a fractal of what's going on internally and um, you know maybe bypass a little bit of what your training or your mentoring is telling you it's a it's a direct feedback so in that sense um if you want to rise we want that yang to rise with harmony there there's you you go back to how you're descending as you get to that 3 p.m time 5 p.m time of the day um that transition towards that descending of descending of yin cultivate even if you have to keep on working please you know recognize that the energy is starting to descend especially in in the winter it's really it's obvious and and then and then further and further respect the boundaries that you are going to have to put in place, regardless of whether, you know, even if you have four kids, you work with what you've got, you know, if you have six kids, you've got one kid, you have a young puppy, do what you need to do to be like, you need to effectively descend down and ritualize to it. If that, if that works for you or systemize um, or naturalize or unify, whatever word I don't care, 
to, to, to go down effectively because then you actually have effective yin space in that yin time, which is just as important the yang. Then at that time when you've decided I'm going to get up, you need to be able to move past knowing that you've got it, you've actually, you're on the path to cultivating enough yin. You need to, you know, and this is especially for men because men are governed by chi and chi is more in the daily cycle. Women are governed by blood, which is in the moon cycle. So for men, it's a more of a blow past that mind. Just And, you know, maybe you don't have to go and if you're tired, maybe you need to adjust the practice that you're doing to match the actual state of where your body's at. But nonetheless, the general direction you are going in is up and moving your chi and helping that yang rise in the morning. So for women, you know, there's the different seasons between bleeds, but, you know, perhaps in winter, you like that's going to bypass the getting up early and having doing that movement and getting that yang to rise, but nonetheless feel when it's appropriate and, and blow past that cheeky part of your mind that's like, no, no, I don't think we should do this because you, you do need to get that yang rising. And then in the morning, have a tonic, have a tonic, put your mushrooms, put your eucomia bark and sit down with your feet. Maybe you know, just where your feet planted, looking at something beautiful, feet in the grass, whatever, you know, whatever is appropriate, you know, protect your kidney points and don't let cold into them, but tap into why you want to rise and allow the tonic herbs to just, you know, breathe that wind beneath your wings and taking that to your day. Love it. Thank you. Great perspective. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. asking because that's great for me as, as well. I'm always, you know, instead it's like pointing at three fingers back at me. You know. <laughs> so where can people find you, find your products? And if do you do like one-on-one cold consults or anything like that anymore? Or? No, I don't. Um, my, my personal brand at the moment is exploring my wannabe comedic endeavors you know I'm, I'm going through my own process with it i don't know where i'm going to land but i've been you know doing that little bit of stand up and you know doing oh, you that have? Bit of, cool yeah i'm just trying to just you know i'm like i really i think i really suppressed that like that was the only career i ever wanted i only wanted a career in, in comedy and i just blew past it and didn't really make it a part of myself so i'm just kind of going through it and you know i'm just i'm playing around with it so just seeing what's too silly what i actually want to say what's the meaning so it's a I, I feel it's a little like I like being volatile in some areas so that one's just kind of I'm just my personal page is just me kind of playing that out for myself at the moment that's Mason J Taylor and I'll and it's going to lock in soon I can feel it and then I'm going to have my direction I'll go you know maybe that's a little mental group where I share shenanigans and have little rambles about the way I see the world who knows but um, so no, but Superfeast is the place where I'm building the ecosystem that hopefully the things that you would get, well, not hopefully, the things that you would get from a one-on-one from me, we're going to be offering for free at this stage. And then the herbs, um, obviously not free. Um, um, superfeast.com.au. If you're in, if you're in Aussie, if you've got anyone in North America, it's um, superfeast.com that we've launched there. We've just gone through a year, which is really sweet. Um, and yeah, my, you know, we've got, I think you've got a, a code to. We'll share it in the show notes and yeah, anyone that um, wants to access, yeah, your yeah. special amazing tonic herbs. Yeah, we'll have it, have it in the link below. Cool. Well, we just, yeah, for Superfeast, I mean, just get on the path, get touch points, Superfeast on Instagram, a really good one. And then jump on the newsletter. We share a lot of really unique perspectives on in, in the newsletter. And then there's also a, if you'll see there in resources on the website, there's a tonic, free tonic herb course, Tonic Herbalism mm-hmm. 101. And that's a really good way to just get the breakdown of, yeah, what we're working with here. Cause I've blown into a lot of very, um, you know, dynamic places today. That's a really yeah. systemized <laughs> one in, in the course. It's just like, A, B, C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for all that you've shared today. It's been very insightful. Thanks for um, asking awesome questions and holding a great space. You're, you're welcome. Okay. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye. If you'd like to get your hands on some of Mason's Superfeast tonic herbs or mushrooms, then you can use the code RISE and you will get 10% off any of the products on his store. So have a look at the link in the show notes to jump onto his site and enter in the code RISE at checkout.